Are you out late and don't have a ride home? Safe Ride's late night taxi is for you. Tuesday through Thursday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Friday and Saturday, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. Not available on Sundays or Mondays. To schedule a ride, call 660-562-1245. That number again is 660-562-1245. Should college athletes get paid? Who wins this year's national championship? Is Zion still the number one pick? All these questions surrounding the college basketball world, let's dive right into it. It's Tuesday Takeover. We are back. It's Tuesday Takeover. Logan Weber, Austin McNorton, Tucker Quinn. Our general manager, Ryan Elliott, is in the booth with us this week as well. Everything we talk, I mean, we talk about almost everything in college basketball. Of course, this week we have a short week. We only can go for an hour due to the the Northwest basketball games going on tonight. Those games starting at 5.30. So we've decided to do things a little bit differently this week. So over the next hour... We're going to talk about some of the hot-button issues that we have in the world of college basketball today. So, I mean, it's it. we've got a lot of topics here to discuss. We're going to talk the NBA draft. We're going to talk about who we think is a a favorite here to win the the national championship and those sorts of things. So I'm excited to get into it. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. I mean, for only a short hour, we got one cover, a lot of info here today. It's hype. As it always is. Let's eat. Let's eat. <laughs> That's all you need to say, honestly. That's all you need to say. Well, um, before we before we get into, of course, this week's discussion, we're gonna talk about our, our newest segment that we've added to to the the. I guess the set of events that we do every week, and that's the pick'em that we've started doing. Um, this is week two that we're into yeah, this, and again, again, it was a it was a pretty tight week last week. Of course, I, I think. I I ended up winning by just one game a, a difference and similar this week we had a tie for first place so in third place technically which is still last is is Again. Tucker who made the biggest run in the difference of the two weeks you did thank you, you okay did. I'll, I'll take it I'm going was, I went 500 to five games over 500 you did oh really yeah he did I'm mean, uh, still last though, Tucker so. Tucker got last at 13 and 8 we guess we we Which picked is- 21 games and he was 13 and 8 so I mean that's pretty good and then um Austin and myself we tied at 14 and 7 so I mean there were some we had some some differences in those sorts of things the thing that really was detrimental to your your uh possible championship this week Tucker was the Northwestern game you picked Northwestern to beat Wisconsin. Well, all three of us were really kind of up in the air on that one. We really couldn't decide who we thought was going to win that one. I almost pulled the trigger. You decided well, to pull the trigger in, and the go with Northwestern. The thing was, it came down to the final 30 seconds of the ball game. I mean, it wasn't like it was Wisconsin's game all the way through. We all I mean, said that it was going it, it was, it was to be close. close like that. We all had a feeling that it was going to end up being close. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the thing that, the thing that really saved Austin was the fact that he decided late to pick he decided to pick Kansas State or Kansas to beat Kansas State, which he was. I mean, for a long, long time, very 
up in the air about. He wasn't really sure, but he decided last second, and that really ended up saving I'm, you. I'm he also even, glad he, I pulled the he, trigger he, on Tech yeah, to beat Kansas because neither of you did, right? No. Yeah. But that's what and saved. I was clearly right on that one. So I mean, what saved me this the, the, week? The big, the big anchor for us, though, and I'm sure he's about to go into it. Was that North Carolina upset over Duke? Yeah, that and was a I'm big just one. really, I'm that's, just gonna come out and say it. Count. If Zion Williamson does not go out, nope. Duke wins that ball game. Nope. You on? All right, sit here and tell me honestly. You believe that North Carolina wins that game even with Zion in? Yep. He made You're the wrong. he made the pick with if Zion he healthy. It, 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 the joke, yeah, the joke is that Duke wasn't I mean, hi- able to win this game without Zion. Hindsight's you still have, at this point. You but. still have Cam Reddish. You still have R.J. Barrett that are both projected to go in the top five of this year's NBA draft. You should still be able to beat every other team in college basketball with that. Minus Zion, they still have five McDonald's All-Americans on that basketball team. I realize Zion's the best player in college basketball. He's the number one overall pick. But you still have R.J. Barrett who might go number two him and or John Morant you can kind of decide who ends up getting that second pick who will and we'll discuss that in a little bit but with Cam Reddish and and RJ Barrett that's still two of the top five players in the country arguably do you You should still be able to win that game do you think uh North Carolina will sweep this season you think they'll win in Chapel Hill I think if Zion doesn't play it was yeah it was really funny because Logan and I got to Applebee's to watch this game he goes oh shoot I thought this game was in Chapel Hill. I picked North yeah. Carolina. Oh, you yeah. 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 And, and so that, that was even oh, more crazy. See, just, you just got lucky. I then. did. Oh, I, so, I got real lucky. So I think they do win in Chapel Hill, first of all. You think Second do, of all. You think North Carolina does? I think North Carolina so wins sweep? in Chapel Hill. I think North Carolina sweeps. But I, I will point out, I don't think North Carolina wins that game if, if Zion doesn't get hurt. There's no you way. you watched the air come out of that building as soon as he went down. Right, but your thir- it's not like there was 10 minutes to go. There was 30 seconds into the game. I think Zion that, gets hurt. That's, that's how still, much that of an impact he is. That's still Absolutely. plenty of time. I don't think it Mike Krzyzewski still got all the time in the world to right the ship. I honestly think that hurt them more, though, with it being so early in the game because it's so hyped I that early thought, in the game. If it would have happened in the second half, then Duke probably would have been up at that point and could have just rode that to I, the end. I pointed it out on the show when I picked North Carolina – because you you pointed out Austin last week that this whole that Duke's going to be ready to go because of this huge rivalry and yeah. Zion and RJ and all these guys are going to be ready to Luke go. Luke May, you they didn't that. understand what this rivalry is. Luke May, Keldon Johnson and Luke May understand you what this right rivalry you, is. You were right and I said the lack of experience on Duke is going to come back to bite them, that, and that's exactly what that, it did. That, that's not that wasn't the key to the ball game. I yes, think it was. as much as you said, was. no, was it? Yes, that, it you, was. I just okay. A, a mental note of understanding a Duke Carolina ball game is not going to take down Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. It's just not. Well, it did. Okay. The I, I think the Nike was. shoe took out Zion Williamson. Let's just get yeah, that. Okay. Let's let that watched, Carol, nothing oh, to do with. If Zion doesn't get hurt, it makes it a closer game. But don't tell me that Duke loses by twenty five points and Zion Williamson's the reason they lost by twenty five points. I watched I, I, all I, of I totally the air think it come is. out of that building. And I watched Duke play flat the entire game. They never recovered. And I think I do think it was because of watching their number one player go down that they never recovered. They should have. They absolutely should have. But they never did. And I think that, that all of your analysis for this game will apply in Chapel Hill. I think it comes down to Chapel Hill and the youth does get the best of Duke. And just to go off that, it wasn't just Zion's play... The lack of play is the reason why Carolina won. It was his presence on the court. It was the amount of 
um, the amount of, of athleticism that other players had to do to step up to fill that role. I mean, it, that people just – they were so mind-boggled that it well, didn't think even it was, matter. I think the, the issue was not necessarily play on the floor. I think the issue was mental. The issue was emotional. The issue was the fact that that entire building went silent and never came sure. back. Cameron never came back. I, I think – the I think the biggest the biggest detriment that came to Duke when Zion got hurt was the the points in the paint. You, uh, North Carolina had sixty points in the paint against against Duke. They hit two threes. So I think that is where Zion was kind of felt the like missing the most. That's where you felt his presence lacking the most. But I mean, I really do think that the lack of experience on Duke's part and the way that Luke May played in this game but I mean, was just you have too to much. give it to Carolina too they did not miss no they, they there was no flaw efficient. in their game not plan I mean and I think they took advantage of the lack of an atmosphere at Cameron because yep. you never get that you never a get a silent especially Cameron in a Duke Carolina yeah. rivalry game well we I'm gonna mention one other thing of course the AP top 25 came out yesterday and we have a new number one at the top, of course, Duke losing last week. We've got a, a new number one, I say. They're new this week, but they have been number one in the country before this year. After they beat Duke, the Gonzaga Bulldogs are back at number one. Ryu Hachimura has been just, I mean, just insane. This guy's played himself into a perennial top ten pick this season. Of course, Gonzaga did play North Carolina, who we just talked about two years ago in that 2017 National Championship game. And really, this looks like a team that could, I mean, possibly make a run again. They've got guys, they've got scores all over the place. Mark Few gets the best out of his guys every single time out. The WAC is not a tremendous basketball conference, especially considering St. Mary's is down this year. So they don't really look like they've got much of a, a tough regular season or conference schedule ahead of them so that they can kind of get better prepared for, for the NCAA tournament. The, the thing that I want to point out is what you mentioned a little bit was that the whack is down. It is, it's really one of the worst it's been in a while. And the last time, the last time that Gonzaga played a ranked team was North Carolina and Tennessee. And they lost both of those games back-to-back. They played Tennessee and then they played North Carolina. They lost both of those games. And they haven't played a ranked team since. And they haven't lost since. So my question is, yeah, they're the number one team overall, but is it a little deceiving? I mean, the yeah. last time they played a ranked team, they lost twice. They're, they did beat Duke. But they beat Duke. They beat Duke, but... On a neutral floor. That was, like, what, the fourth, fifth game in the season? Let's see, one, two, three. Six. Sixth game of the season. They beat Duke by two. And then the last ranked teams they played was Tennessee and North Carolina, and they lost both of those. Who are both in the top five, they're and one they lost two, by single digits. They're one and two in big games. Gonzaga doesn't lose again until the second round of the NCAA tournament. Second round, wow. Yeah. They, get, they get booted by an eight seed in the second round of the NCAA tournament because it's Gonzaga, and they haven't played a meaningful game since, well, December. So it, it just they're just not going to be ready. They're not going to show up. They've done it every year except for 2017. 
I don't think this is the team. I also think when you get into March, it's tough when you're putting up 100 points, 90 points, 85 points against these lesser schools. You get into the tournament, and that's just not going to be the case. So then when you're played, playing against more physical teams, more defensive-oriented defensive, defensive oriented teams, like let's say they have to play like a Texas or a Baylor, like defense, physical, length, that could throw them off a little bit right, when yeah. they're used to scoring 100 points. Absolutely, because when you're scoring 100 points, you don't really have to try as hard on the exactly. other end. If you score 100 and the other team drops 80 because, well, they just can't stop you on the exactly. other end, it doesn't matter. But when you're playing a team like a Texas Tech or a Wisconsin or a Michigan that holds teams to 56 points a game or something crazy like that, then you're like, oh, well, we're not going to be able to just go out and just blow this team out scoring the basketball. We have to match their defensive intensity. And if you haven't done that in two months, that could be a really difficult thing to catch on I to. I will say, though, Mark Few, I think, could get it. I will, is good enough coach to get his team ready for that. Would you agree? I don't know. I'm I'm not on this Gonzaga bandwagon. Really? I think Joe Lenardi's not on this Gonzaga bandwagon either. I think he's going to see the, the they're going to be a one seed. They'll probably Are be they? the one number one. They're a one seed. seed. Okay, they're so be a then, one seed. then let's then let's say this. I mean, they're, they're going to lose again. I understand, so. but they're not. It's going to be a lot on a lot of people's minds for that that second sixteen one upset possible for Gonzaga because I don't know if I, I don't, go that far. I, well, did you see with Virginia last year? Yeah, well, but, but that Virginia team couldn't score. They could yeah, score all yeah, year. Yeah, but did you know anything about UMBC at the time either, though? No, I because they're, they're a 16 they're, seed. Exactly. But that's, if anybody, that's my point. if anybody was going to pick a one seed to go down, it was going to be that Virginia team because they couldn't score all season. Very true. And this team clearly can and has the talent to do so. I think they Hachimura can against Pepperdine in South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. but that's a 16 well, seed. And they I, can. Oh, sure, sure. So yeah, I, sh- sure. But they can against Tennessee. They put up 90 you, against North Carolina. Right. I mean, they were doing it early in the season too. The problem is, is I don't think they're going to be able to stop anybody when it comes tournament time. This is a team that, that to me, they get the number one overall seed, they blow out whatever 16 seed they get, and then they catch a good eight seed in the second round and get beat. Because that's what Gonzaga does. (laughs) Well, um... We've had a little bit, uh, a little bit of a uh, heartfelt discussion so far on some of our earlier topics. Now it's time to really get into it. We've got our uh, our, our first topic that we're going to discuss this week is, of course, become much more prevalent uh, in, in on in the basketball world in social media, those sorts of things. After, of course, the Duke North Carolina game where Zion Williamson had that just the most freakish thing I think I've ever seen. I, I don't. I, I, it's it's Bo Jackson like. It's the only way I could describe what that was. He blew out his own shoe thirty seconds yeah. into a game. Yeah. He literally blew out of a shoe. That's some Bo Jackson type stuff. I like. I've never seen anything like that. It was yeah yeah because Bo Jackson's thing was he was so strong his hip exploded. Yeah yeah. This man just decided to put a bat over his head and snap it with his arms. Like I yeah. And, that, and that's what the Zion Williamson thing was. But it brings up the issue, once again, of should college athletes get paid? In the truest sense of the word, I will say no. However, like, because to me, in the truest sense of the word, when you say should college athletes, college athletes get paid, that sounds to me like should they have a salary. Right. Which I think they shouldn't. I don't think a salary is necessary, but I do think the use of their image, if, if a company or the university is going to profit specifically from their image, they deserve a cut of it. Yes, and, that, and that's, that's, that's where I'm at. For a long time, I was like, I think the NCAA should be paying players. They're rigging the system, and they are rigging the system. 
Yeah. That's very, very obvious that they've been doing that. They've been doing that for for years. Is they're they're using this non for profit status to to rig the system and have this monopoly over the college athlete. And of course, there's people like, oh, well, they're still getting a college education. Yeah, there's plenty of people that are getting a free college education, right? Austin, I know you're a guy that attended a community college for two years. You didn't necessarily do right. You graduated high school. You had decent grades, and you got to go to a community college for two years. I understand that's not Duke or North Carolina or those sorts of things. But to say that they're getting what they got because they're a great athlete and that a college, a free college education, is good enough is simply untrue. So I like your use of, Ryan, of allow the players to use their likeness. Allow Zion Williamson. Like the Fab Five? Yes. Allow Zion Williamson to be like, okay, I want to sell Zion Williamson jerseys because Duke does it, right? You know how many Duke jerseys I saw that had that Duke one on it, right? One on the back or whatever, and it's got the customized Williamson embroidered on the back. You know how many jerseys those are there are all over the country? I had a J.J. Redick jersey growing up that I absolutely loved, and I, my parents embroidered Redick on the back of it. I wasn't a Duke fan, but I loved J.J. Redick. But he didn't get a single penny of that, and that's completely unfair. So I think a salary is unnecessary because you're not going to pay a college basketball player $50,000 and a swimmer at Harvard $50,000. Like you can't because that Harvard swimmer, that swim team is making the university $50,000, while Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett at Duke are making $10 million for the University of Duke and for the NCAA. So I think a salary doesn't work. But I think if you allow a player the use of their likeness, then I think that's okay. But if they're not going to do that, that brings up my next point, and that is make, make, make it 18 years old then. Make the NBA draft requirement 18 and, and like it was before because this wasn't necessarily a problem 15 years ago when the draft age was 18. I'll agree with that with lowering the draft age to 18 because I think once you're 18, you should be allowed to make your decisions on what you want to do. And if you believe that you are truly capable to go and if – I mean if you think you are, I mean – most aren't. I mean, Zion is clearly, but most players aren't ready to just go 18 and aren't going to be like Kobe or LeBron. I mean, that's just not realistic. But if you want to go and try and make it in the NBA, play in the G League, fine. That's, I mean, that's totally your call. But if you choose – this is where my – is a little different. If you choose to go to college, I don't like hearing the victim card of saying, oh, well, I'm in college. I just should get paid. I'm just being exploited. No one's forcing you to go to college. Yes, they are. They're not forced to go to college. You're just fo- you just are removed one year from high school is what it is right now. You're just so what are they supposed year. to do? Go go, go play overseas. overseas. Go Absolutely. play overseas for a year like Mitchell Robinson and see your draft stock go from top five to out of the draft, second round, undrafted or free Luka agent. D- or you can go and Luka Doncic was living his. He was there. He was in Europe his but entire you, life. So tell me right now, if you think Zion Williamson would have went overseas, that his draft stock when he just, was yes. when he was fifteen, it really? yes, because there's no competition to see him though. There's Doncic, no competition. Doncic was there when he was fifteen years old. There's no he's competition playing, for him he's now. Been playing though. EuroLeague since he was. But 15. the competition, the competition in college basketball is so much better than the competition overseas that if you watch Zion ball overseas like he does now, you think so much less of it. Why do you think the USA wins gold in every single Olympics in basketball? Ever, but, but my, because no one can compete with USA basketball. Yeah, that's true. Here's where I want to input. I'm going to play devil's advocate. 
because I am on I I am on the paying college athlete side, but I want to ask you all a few questions. So this past uh, fall, and I'm going to switch into football just for a second for an example. You saw college football's kind of biggest free agent move with Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma, right? You saw schools battle, and you saw schools say, hey, we want you to come here because we want you to be the next face of our program. So if this is the case and we start paying, say, Zion Williamson to come to Duke, right? Coach K throws out something at him. We can promise you all this at Duke University, and you could be the face of Duke basketball. Here's the question. Wouldn't this become a um, kind of a free agency market then? Are you guys okay with that? My point is, isn't it already? Is it, yep. though? With all of the things that the FBI is doing in the NCAA right now, you have to know money's exchanging hands in every single one of these major programs. All of them. You know the saying. You know the saying. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And I, I Everybody's think, paying. To me, it already is. We might as well be honest with it now. We might as well get out there with it now. I mean, that's, that's where, to me... With the issues at Louisville and the issues that that people have seen elsewhere, Arizona, these Adidas issues, that kind of thing, I think we might as well just say, okay, schools are already doing this. Let's go public with it. Okay, let's let. So wouldn't that wouldn't that press down um, other collegiate programs then too? I think to an extent, it would make it less competitive. It would make it so there would be like a. Alabama. Because how could Iowa compete for any of those guys or Kansas State? We couldn't. Because you've got to regulate it. It's not, it's, there's, there's. How would you do that though? It's because you can. But here's where, like, this year, Duke got four of the top five recruits anyway. You know, I mean, these top schools are still getting the top recruits. The bottom schools are still getting the bottom recruits. I think it changes maybe a little bit. I think there's there's a point to be made there where yes maybe maybe some kids that wouldn't have gone somewhere end up going somewhere because they're going to be the face of the program but isn't that the case at smaller programs too maybe a kid that would have rode the bench for a year at, at North Carolina now goes to NC State or Maryland instead because he can be the face of the program there you know I think I think it would even, it would level itself out to an I extent mean, anyway. yeah it's it's already college basketball already is so top heavy. I mean, if you take a look at Lenardi's latest rankings, 32 of the 64 teams are in the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, and ACC. I mean, that, you've got nine ACC schools, eight Big 12, seven Big Ten, and eight SEC schools already in this NCAA tournament. It's already top-heavy. Okay, so here's another question. Mm-hmm. When do sports start becoming a job and less of an extracurricular activity? It already is. It already is a so full-time pe- job. So people are just pe- are playing for the money then. Is that what you're saying? Is that people aren't playing for the love of the game anymore? They're playing to get paid? People aren't playing for the education. The, the They're top- not playing to get a pe- – nobody is really paying to get a free college education anymore. Where, not with, The uh, unfortunate part about it is, and I see where Tucker's coming from, and I, I can appreciate it, but the unfortunate part about it is what does the world run on now? I, I get it. It's money. I'm, I'm just I'm – just, Picking your guys' and so I think I, I think the kids the kids that are playing now are playing for the money, you know. 
We got to know Zion. Oh, I and guarantee RJ Zion didn't They're care where he went money, to school. Man. He yeah. wanted to play in the NBA someday. Yeah. 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 I mean, it wasn't a Duke thing. It wasn't a, I hate North Carolina, so I'm going to go to Duke. Yeah. It was, I want to play one year. And that's why people go to Kentucky. With the best coach, the that's biggest why, name. That's why the, Kentucky brings in yeah. five McDonald's All Americans every single year, is because they, they don't care to. about the school. And, yeah. and and that's my point of right. You say it's going to become less competitive if we allow universities to pay players. Schools like Duke and North Carolina and Kentucky, right? They're going to pull in five stars every single year. They're going to be ones and one and dones. Schools like. Iowa, schools like Kansas State, schools like Gonzaga, schools like, I mean, even schools like Tennessee to an extent like you're seeing this year. Virginia, they're not pulling in one and dones. They're pulling in guys that are three, four-year guys, right? They may leave after their junior year, but they're not one and dones. That's how they're competitive is because they're getting kids that aren't McDonald's All-Americans, aren't ESPN Top 100, right? They're in that high three-star to low four-star range, right, that are kind of on the fringe. They're not getting those big-time offers. So they're going to go to schools like these, these, I guess, quote-unquote, non-blue bloods, I guess you could say. Yeah. And they're going to play there for three, four, five years. They may even redshirt their freshmen, and they're going to be fifth-year seniors. And they're going to go out, and they're going to score 24 points a game like a Frank Kaminsky or an Ethan Happ and be wooden Naismith player of the year. That's how these schools compete now, and that's how they'll continue to compete. So going back to Zion Williamson, I just want to hear your guys' perspectives on what he should do. Because if I were going to start off, I'm going to start off the ball, and I say that he should never play in a Duke uniform ever again. Because why would he? What 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 does he I'll have go, left to prove? I'll go with, and, and Jacob Blair made a really good point on this on, on weekend sports kickoff earlier this, or last week. Um, the thing that he said was that the right decision – is whatever decision he makes. The right decision is whatever he decides is best for him. If he wants if, if, if he wants to come back and play in a Duke uniform, by all means, do it. Why not? If he's ready to go to the NBA and say, you know what, I'm going to take my money and move along, then that's the right decision for him. I mean, I'm all for giving him his own decision to make. If I were him... I would really have to think about uh, yeah. that's really tough playing yeah. at Duke again. To answer your, your your question, Tucker, if if I'm Zion Williamson, I'm done. It, uh, even why, why take the risk? Right. It, it, of what though? What risk? did you see? Uh, what injuring himself again? Again? Here's, yeah, here's why where not? I'm at with with if I'm Zion Williamson. I mean, but he took that risk at the beginning the, of the season. He is to get the injured. Yeah, but I he mean, had, but he had proved never himself been injured before, and he hadn't proved himself at okay, the beginning of the season. Okay. Everybody knows he's a number one pick right now. Why come back, tear that ACL, and you know maybe never play basketball yeah, again? Right. And if I'm if I'm Zion Williamson, I say you know I I, I go find a doctor and I say okay. What is the legitimate risk of re-injury here? Yeah. And if it's low, if they say, you know, there's really not a ton of chance that you're going to re-injure this, then sure, I'll go play some more ball. Why not? Go play in the tournament. Get that experience. Yeah. You only get to do it once if you're Zion. Yeah, I think it's 100% like if it is 100%, I'm healthy, I'm confident that I'm not going to get hurt again then go for it. But if there's the slightest chance of but someone is saying, there, is ah, there that confidence? I'm not. Is there that confidence? No. And that's why right I don't now, think though, there is. Right now, no. I don't think there is. Even You know how easy it is in sports to tweak your knee and tear an ACL? I mean, 
just especially it's, it's at a Zion stature. Absolutely. Six seven two eighty five of just a, just like one pure unadulterated muscle is what this is what Zion Williamson is. <laughs> he is a freak of an athlete. He is. All that's all it takes is one wrong cut. And I mean there are so many examples of this, right? People talk about Jason Tatum in that twenty sixteen ESPN recruiting class, right? He goes to Duke. He wasn't the high the most highly touted recruit Duke got that year. Duke got the number one overall recruit and that was Harry Giles. Harry Giles blew his knee out. He went from being the projected number one overall pick to going number twenty to the to the the Sacramento Kings. Michael Porter Jr. was the number one overall recruit in the twenty seventeen recruiting class, has back surgery, falls to number fourteen to the Denver Nuggets when he was the projected number one overall pick. Injuries can do you know how much of a fiscal difference it is between the number one overall pick and the fourteenth overall pick? It's ten plus million dollars. Zion falls from number one to number six. He loses $5.4 million or something like that, I think was what I read. That's so much money. And I realize, yeah, okay, if he goes number six overall, he's still going to make like $3 million a year. But that's not 10. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's half of his rookie contract gone if he goes and blows his knee out, which could, pot, which could very easily happen, especially come the NCAA tournament. See, I'm thinking if if I'm Zion, I do what Michael Porter did and sit and sit and sit because we know Porter could have played midway through conference season last year. And then you tune up last game of the ACC tournament and you go in and you play the NCAA tournament because why not get that experience? You right. know, you, do you, you think Zion's going to do that just for the experience could. factor of it? No. Do you think his coach? Do you think Coach K will? No. Influence him in any way or his teammates? No, Coach K can't influence no. him anyway. Coach K knows who Zion is. He's yeah. What about his teammates, though? Say, don't leave us hanging out to dry. You wanted to play with us. Finish well, no with way. Us. Is his if, teammates if worth RJ, more than $10 million? Because if it's RJ or Cam Reddish and it's one of them that has that happen to them, they're doing the same thing. They yeah. would sit, no, too. Yeah. RJ Barrett knows he's going top three. He's sitting if that happens to him. If it's Cam Reddish, he's going top five. He's sitting, too. I mean, this, his teammates aren't going to be able to tell him, hey, man, you should really come back. And he's like, why? So I can blow my knee out and you can move ahead of me in the NBA draft stock? Not going to happen. That's fair. Which, I mean, that That's could fair. very easily be a possibility. These guys have been teammates for eight months. It's not like they've been – this isn't the NBA. They're not juniors or seniors in college. They haven't been teammates for four years. They've been teammates for eight months. So do we all think, though, that the draft will, will be allowed at 18? Do we think that's going to happen? I think it's going to happen. I, I, I think, think it's, it's going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's how far take, out are we? I think it's going to take a couple of years before they actually get it done. Because I know Adam Silver expressed that he wanted to. Correct? He's expressed that for years, yeah. and they finally. It's really weird to me that the story didn't break until this whole Zion thing. But according to to, to articles what, and things a, like that, this came out in like September. Like they brought it to the floor of the NBA Players Association in September. But yet the story just came out with this whole Zion Williamson uh, situation. But that's what it takes. Because I know LeBron, he wants his son to go straight out of high school, just like he Everybody did. Everybody does. And, 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 but that's why the NCAA and the NBA decided to make it 19 in the first place, because that, they thought it was ruining the competitiveness of college basketball. Do you think that would hurt college basketball overall? No. 
if so. players like Zion are out. In fact. Because I agree with what you said. Some of the best college basketball players I've ever seen in my life were guys like uh, Perry Ellis for KU, four-year guy. Um, Rodney Magruder for Kansas State, four-year guy. Uh, Christian Leitner, four-year guy. Those guys are some of the greatest college basketball. <laughs> no, we hit that butt. Those are some of the greatest college basketball players of all time, and they played four years. Right. So I think guy, we I like think to see those guys. We also like to see the Andrew Wiggins, the Zions, if those anything, kind of guys. But I don't think if those guys are there, we miss it necessarily. If anything, it helps college basketball. Honestly, my my greatest memories from college basketball. The greatest moments in college basketball history that everybody looks back on were before we had the one year out of high school rule. I mean, like honestly, because what it does, what this whole what this whole one and done scenario has done, is you've got guys like Zion Williamson that have been NBA ready since they were seventeen, and you're forcing them. To come play, not forcing them, uh, yes. not forcing them yes, to come are. play college basketball. Yes, they, are. they are absolutely not forcing. Yes, they are. They're not saying Zion Williamson, you have to go to Duke and play at Duke. But he doesn't really have another choice. But he doesn't have. He another... could go overseas, no. or he could just sit yeah. out a year too. He That's could go. What he could go or, he and do what he part of that would be beneficial to Zion Williamson? Not a getting money, thing. huh? You're getting money if you're playing overseas. Oh, getting yeah, money. let's let's Ooh. take 300 grand to play overseas versus 10 million of a what, number 1 overall pick. Yeah? What? You're not dumb. forced to, me, to play. <laughs> You're taking NBA ready bodies, guys that could be playing in the league, guys like Zion Williamson, guys like even I mean Carl Anthony Towns. The way he was, I mean, that dude was NBA ready and everybody knew he was. Michael Porter was NBA ready. But you take them and you force them to play college basketball, that doesn't necessarily help the other players in college. Right? College basketball could be meant, especially if this rule comes down to 18, that really helps those guys that aren't NBA ready. Because there's only maybe maybe one or two. those guys? There's like maybe Frank only Mason playing one with or Andrew two. Wiggins or what? Like- no, really. There maybe is only one or two guys in every recruiting class that's NBA draft ready. But don't jump. you think a lot of people would just go right to the NBA? Yes, they will. But then that's and the, they'll the, fail. the higher probability the, is that they'll fail. And then right. what? But then you're going to see guys that went to college that weren't quite NBA ready. Guys, right? Guys like even Trey Young. Like Trey Young was not a top ten pick, but he went to Oklahoma and he fit a system and he got better, and that made him a top ten pick. So. Going to college for those guys that aren't quite NBA ready is going to help their draft stock a lot more, and it's going to hurt. By, by taking these guys that are already NBA ready, it's hurting their draft stock, and we've seen it time and time so again. So what would that do, though, if because it would be a higher increase of kids that fail? I mean, don't you think that's – if anything, that's like a societal issue of those kids who are trying to make it in life, maybe don't come for very much, try to make it into the NBA because they need the money, and then fail – but and you've, then seen, what? you've seen guys fail at the college level that had that same situation, yeah. and you've seen so you've seen. But then so, they have a college education, but n- not very often they don't because they go for one year or two years and then they go out. It's not about a college education for these NBA back, ready this guys. This goes back to Jacob Blair's comment. I'm glad that Ryan brought this up. Is that he said whatever the best decision is for that person for that person is the right decision. And that's going to go straight in with this. I mean, if they if they make the mistake of going to the NBA before being NBA ready, then they have to live with that. I mean, that's their decision, though. 
So mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think the eighteen year old, you know, the draft, it's it's a good thing. I think the time then you run it, you run into issues is when you try to flip it over to football. Right. Yep. Because there is nobody that nope. comes out of high school NFL ready. No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. So you think that'll ever change? No. 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 It shouldn't. The, it shouldn't. Twenty one is the perfect right. age for college right. football. Yeah. Okay. There we all agree not, on that. We there is not a true freshman in the country that. that's ready for the no. NFL. The only position that I would maybe is a running back, maybe just no. because. But Here's the thing: other than is that, that I don't, I, really I don't, don't think Kyler Murray changed that much between high school and it, and Oklahoma days at quarterback. No, and I that's don't think true. he's an NFL quarterback. Either. I don't either. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a great left fielder, maybe Absolutely. a center fielder. Doesn't I don't he play, think he's an NFL. Isn't quarterback. he a shortstop though? Like yes. isn't that what they draft? Isn't yeah, what they draft? Yeah, draft I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. But anyway. Yeah, and uh, along those same lines, the other the other point I want to bring up in, in terms of the pay for play is if you're not gonna if you're not gonna allow if you're not gonna pay the players right if you're not gonna give them a salary if you're not gonna allow them the use of their likeness, do we allow for an in, like insurance policies on these players? One one thing that I and maybe it's not necessarily insurance, but I know if you're a college athlete, you can't have a job, and that's. Oh no! Because that's a real problem. Playing I college think, sports is your. I think job. you should be able to have some walk around money. I feel like that's like because if you're a college student, you should be able to say, "I want to go get McDonald's at midnight." Right. And you can't if if you're a college athlete because you don't have money. So I think some of that and should be allowed. Uh, for just little things like that should right. be allowed. Yeah, I don't because th- that's I just... don't think Division One players are not taken care of though either. I think. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I yeah. think if no, someone wants McDonald's true. at twelve a.m., they're, they're getting McDonald's the ho- at twelve a.m. The, the high profile ones are yeah. But what about but like a junior the, walk-on or the fourth string? Yeah, player. the fourth string running back is not getting the same sort of treatment as right. The fourth string running back at Penn State was not getting Saquon Barkley. He was not getting that treatment. I mean, you're the, right. The, the fourth-string walk-on quarterback at Clemson is not getting Trevor Lawrence treatment. That's not how it works. right? No, okay, it's yeah. never going to be how it no. works. So, but you've got to give right those same kids an opportunity because those kids are still putting in the exact same amount of hours. Those kids are still putting in 20 hours of film every week. 20, or 20 hours worth of film every week, I should say. 20 hours worth of practice. Right, weight we're, rooms, we're, we're all getting those sorts into of a bigger issue of equality than college sports at this point, because this can be translated to many other things. Do you remember involved. last year when Stan Van Gundy said it was racist for not allowing pay to play? I wouldn't go that far. Would you? I don't. I I'm would. not touching uh, that with a ten foot pole. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna we're gonna roll no, right I mean, as the man yeah, in charge of this said. radio station. No. I cannot touch that with a ten foot pole. Say we roll right past that one. So uh, we've got about twenty minutes left. So we'll we'll leave that topic where it may where it may lie. We may bring it back up again in future weeks and those sorts of things as we get. It'll mostly be dependent on what Zion does. Honestly, right? Yeah, that very, yeah. That'll get that'll again. get much more interesting as we find out more. Um, Moving in, we're going to talk about conference battles, uh, specifically the, the the three conferences that we discussed the most d- during our show, and that's the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the SEC. Starting in the Big Twelve, uh, the one question that I that I have in, in regards to the Big Twelve is, can K State hold on? Absolutely, they I can. Think they, do. they won't. 
but they can. They won't. Uh, Kansas State hosts Baylor and Oklahoma, and then they travel to TCU in their final three games. So, on paper, they should. They should. And and the thing that I, I think Kansas State's biggest thing with being able to hold on to this lead is that they are 100% veteran, senior-oriented with Barry Brown, Dean Wading, Cam Stokes that have been in these situations, that know how to win in these situations. In all three of these games are 100% important for them to hold on. And I think just because they've been in these type of situations, that gives them the advantage. So I think, yes, they can hold on. Go ahead, hit your homer button uh, over there. No, no, I'm, no, I'm no. trying to not be, but... I, I, completely, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I, I think that that totally makes sense. But for me... I don't think they can. I don't, it's not that I don't think they can. I think they can. I don't think they will. Because you, you both think they're going to lose scares, one of those three games? What scares me is not the Oklahoma game. It's the Baylor game and the TCU game. That's why because I told you yesterday. Those two teams. You said Oklahoma is the game. Those no, I said Baylor. Those Baylor? two teams and, you, and Baylor you talked and TCU. About him. Go ahead. Sorry, Logan. Those two teams, Baylor <laughs> TCU, are fighting for their lives. K-State's in, right? They are in the NCAA tournament. Baylor is hovering around an 8 or a 9 seed, depending on which bracketology you look at. TCU is a 10 or 11, right? They've still got an outside shot. Lenardi's giving them a shot, but they don't really know, right? They don't want to just hang their hat on the quote-unquote possibility, right? Being on the bubble is the worst position to be in. By beating a team like a K-State, that gives you... That gives you another marquee win, right, if you're TCU. You swept the season series with Iowa State. If you beat Kansas State, that's a huge win. So, and same thing for Baylor, especially if Baylor gets, right, they're getting healthier. I think I I read something like one of their top scorers is coming back next week, possibly for that matchup with with K-State. So I think that they there are opportunities for those two teams to. I think Baylor's probably in really tournament. They could be, but I, I, but I mean, I they're don't know. eighteen and nine. So Here's, I don't. I'm not concerned at all about. So it's TCU, though. I think right. Uh, TCU is also eighteen and nine, but TCU's bottom conference. Baylor's right. fourth, fifth in the conference. Here's a, I, I, I'm concerned about TCU if I'm Kansas State because it's on the road. I'm not concerned about Baylor at all because Scott is a terrible basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's hot take. All right, but because. Uh, I, I've always been on the Scott Drew's a really bad basketball. I, I don't thing. think K-State because Baylor's always got Final Four level athleticism, and they always end up dropping in the second round if they're in the tournament. And For some reason, Scott Drew like can't win in the post. Th- those crazy Baylor teams that had Isaiah Austin and Pierre Jackson, and they ended that up was... playing in the NIT. Yeah, like how does that team make it to? How does that team make it to the NIT? Scott how Drew? is that team not Isaiah a four seed? Scott Drew is how. Isaiah Austin. So to make sure I'm understanding this correctly, K-State has to lose two of the final three if Texas Tech wins out, right, to drop off that first place. We just have to lose True. once because Texas Tech has four more games yeah. left. Yeah. Oh, oh, Texas, oh. Texas, Texas yeah. 10 and 4. Texas Tech is, yeah, they have they play Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas, and their final game of the They're season gonna for, is throttled at, at Hilton. Is yes. at Ames. They're going to get killed. So stop. I guarantee. Texas and Tech so, is not going to get killed at Hilton. If, if Iowa State beats Texas Tech, Iowa State then shoots, Texas Tech. Iowa State shoots fifty four percent from three. If they drop and they have five losses, and, and Kansas wins out, and they Which have five they losses, will. 
do they share? Do yeah. they share that? Yeah, there's no tiebreakers in the in the Big Twelve. It's a if K State loses a game and KU wins out, they will share the yeah. conference. And Texas Tech also loses. They will all. Three if K State loses one game, KU wins out. That'll be a share. That is ridiculous. If Texas win, if Texas wins that. out and K State wins out, it'll be a share. And then they're going to play the Big Twelve tournament, and someone stupid like Oklahoma State's going to win the Big Twelve tournament. Yep, that's what usually happens. <laughs> Who's got, the worst team in the conference? I got to the uh, Big Twelve basketball tournament final at Sprint Center. Oh, wow. Well, have that fun watching a... Oklahoma State TCU. <laughs> I'm just saying. That I, could be I, a K-State really excited for KU that. game. Yep. That could be a Sunflower Showdown no, part here's, three. I, I'm, oh, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking K-State showdown. K-State ekes out the win at TCU. So who do you guys think will win? They the go ahead, win out, and I they think win it'll be. A, I think it'll be a tie. Between who? I, I think Kansas. It, it could be a three-way tie. I think either K-State wins out and wins the conference, or it's a three-way tie. I think K-State. I'm picking K-State to win the conference. I think Tech and K-State share at the end. Okay. I don't think Kansas. Do you say, do you say the streak I is think over? the streak is over. You think Kansas I, is going to lose? No, no. They're not in it. They're not if they in went it. Out, if all it. three teams went out, KU right. won't win. It's a, it's a KU, Texas Tech and KU K-State share. But if K-State and Texas Tech lose, then it'll be a three-way tie. And mm-hmm. K-State wins out, then they'll win out. Or then they'll, then they'll tie. Yeah. But if K State K State wins out, it is K State wins out. Tech <laughs> Tech loses one, and Kansas, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. so K State will solely win the conference. If, yes, yeah, they oh are completely Lord. in control of their own destiny. Yep. yep. As is Texas that should Tech scare you the most. Yeah. Oh, I'm terrified. Is that statement? K State is completely that's why in control I said of their it, own destiny from now on. Because after that game on Saturday, it was all on Tech to eliminate Kansas, which they did. So now it's all on K State to keep it that way. Thoroughly, they eliminated Kansas. And so now it's on K State to keep it that way because Texas Tech did their job. Now it's time for K State to do their job to eliminate the streak. Because here's here's what happened. You ready? Let's go. I. <laughs> I think Iowa State loses at West Virginia and oh, then God. wins at Hilton against Texas Tech because that's the most that's Iowa the most State Iowa thing State to do. Thing to do. <laughs> yes, it is. That's the most Iowa State. That's thing the I can most. Think of. That's the most state of Iowa. They thing to blow do. out Texas Tech <laughs> by twenty-five at Hilton right after losing by fifteen at yep. West Virginia. Yep. That is the most, <laughs> that is the most state of Iowa thing to do. Is <laughs> like go out right like like Iowa did a couple of years ago. Go out and beat Ohio State by thirty. And then lose at home the next week to Purdue, and then go and lose like, by then go lose to Oklahoma State by like thirty in the uh, Big Twelve tournament. Yeah, and I hate that control your own destiny thing, right? Austin ekes at it as a Kansas yeah. State fan, as an I right as an Iowa fan. You heard it all year, right? During the Iowa Wisconsin game, Iowa controls their own destiny, and then we lose. And then of course, Iowa Wisconsin loses again, and they're like against this. And with this game against Northwestern, Iowa controls their own destiny once again, and then we lose. And then against Purdue, Iowa controls their own destiny, and then we lose. And it's like, <laughs> just stop saying it. <laughs> stop saying it. It's a curse. It's going to be true you whether we say it or now. not. Yeah. Moving now, talking Big Ten, um, I kind of worded this one uh, a little bit differently than I think a lot of people would. I don't mention Michigan at all. Can Michigan State steal the Big Ten without Joshua Langford and Nick Ward, or will Purdue surprise everyone? I don't think they steal it. I think it's theirs to lose now. All of a sudden, they're on top, and it's theirs to lose. 
I just want to pat my own back at this this pick that I made last week, Michigan State over Michigan, while both of uh, y'all did pick the Wolverines. Yeah, you still got last. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, absolutely, I agree. Someone say something with such a straight face in my life. <laughs> you hate to see it. Yep, I agree with Ryan. The Michigan State is on top of the Big Ten. You I don't, don't think, think I don't think it? I don't think they slip at this point. So how far back is Michigan State though? Michigan State or Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Michigan's just a game back, but the best that they can so, do, I feel like at this point, is tie with Michigan State by getting the win in East Lansing. I think that'll happen. I don't think Michigan State loses in East Lansing either. But we I didn't think, think so that Michigan. Either. Well, Logan and I didn't think that Michigan. I think would the lose thing Michigan, Michigan State Michigan has was, to, Michigan was unbeaten. The thing that Michigan in Ann Arbor State this year has to be concerned about is that the rest of Purdue's schedule is really easy. Yes. Ooh, I want to look at that. And Illinois other, and Ohio State at home and then at Minnesota. Can't overlook Illinois. Illinois. You can't overlook Illinois, and that's something can't. that we figured out on this show. Can't overlook Ohio State or Did Minnesota. Did you say Penn State? Those are two teams that are no. still kind of oh, okay. on the bubble. At Minnesota, at Northwestern to finish the season. <laughs> two road games. And Minnesota is still kind of a bubble team the in a way. Yeah. The barn. In, in the, the barn. barn. The barn. It's got to get brought up every show. I'm getting, in the barn. I, I, I Continuously that gets brought up. <laughs> That That's is great. the name of their. That is the name of their arena. It is Tucker. Your father texted you last week and said, "That's I'm what they call it." I'm just saying. It's just funny. That's what my father has the called bar. it my entire life. Welcome in home, to the barn. Home, home advantage. Home court advantage in the barn. The barn. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> so now, uh, so wait, could Purdue tie then? Yeah, if they if both teams went out, they, yeah. they're tied. At if top Purdue and Michigan State both went out. Yeah. Yeah, so Michigan State's problem is that they have absolutely no room to falter. They have to be on their game at Indiana. They have to be on their game at home against Nebraska, and then they have to. I think that Bloomington-Indiana, that Michigan State-Indiana game could be a potential upset. Saturday. Indiana beat Michigan State once already, right? They won in they East Lansing on game day. Oh, yeah, they did, yeah, didn't they? they did. Yeah, in overtime, 79-75. Yeah. yeah. That, that's interesting. And Indiana is a team. Michigan State won't lose to them twice, just, though, will they? Indiana is a team that just seems like they're due for a win. I mean, geez, they they lose on a tip in with like two seconds left to Purdue, right? Matt Harms with that huge tip in, and then Jordan Bohannon goes absolutely bananas in that Iowa Indiana game and just steals one away from the Hoosiers. This this season has just been like a complete and utter disappointment for Indiana. It just seems like they're due for one. And what better way to get a win than to just completely just, just ruin Michigan State with right just kind of just just kind of a late little poke to Michigan State just to be like good luck winning the Big 10 regular season now. Right? Cuz nobody expects Indiana to win that game. But I think Indiana has the talent to do it and without Nick Ward and Joshua Langford I, I don't know. But at the same time, eh, there's nobody on Indiana's roster that can guard Cassius Winston. Is there anyone in the Big Ten that can guard Cassius Winston? No. <laughs> it's a big negative. I mean, that's a, let's be honest here about how great this guy is. Yeah. And then, I mean, with the SEC, that, I mean, this, uh, like, I mean, this is a, this is probably a, the most intriguing a crazy, out of all of them, a crazy three-way race in, in all three of these conferences, but... So Tennessee and Kentucky, of course, have that rematch next week. And there's that three-way tie right now atop the SEC standings. 
Who ends up on top? Is it LSU? Think, is it Kentucky? Or is it Tennessee? I think the third best team in this conference wins the conference. Yeah. I think LSU gets out on top. I completely agree. That's because they have, they have a terrible schedule for the schedule. rest of their... They're not going to lose a game. They shouldn't lose a game Tennessee the and season. Kentucky both play three top half teams in their last four games. Yep. And each other. Yep. So one of them's out automatically. I think LSU wins out. I think both Tennessee and Kentucky lose a game over the next four games. <clears throat> the thing that the only thing that scares me about LSU is this rematch with Florida, because of course Florida, Florida beat them last week, and that that one's that one in Baton Rouge. So I I, I don't know. I think that they'll come out ready to go. I think they'll come out with a sense of revenge, right? Trying to get a kind of a, a comeback sort of win. But I I also think. If you're LSU, I think you're okay with that Florida loss because I think that kind of fired you up for the exactly. Tennessee game and helped you get the win there. So, so what would what would that do then for LSU if they end up winning the SEC? They're a four seed right now in back bracketology. Would I think they... it might it bump them up to maybe a three. Yeah, really, a, a high three. Maybe I still think maybe they stay the low two. I still maybe, think they stay below Kentucky loses. and Tennessee in the bracketology. Yeah. yeah. Depending on what they do. Yeah. Who do we think, out of those three teams, who makes it the farthest in March? Tennessee. Yep. LSU. Tennessee. I like the LSU pick, though. That's LSU is a sneaky good basketball team. I'm the only one in this room that picked LSU to beat Tennessee last week. I think in, in scheme and in terms of experience and all of that, Kentucky is probably the third best of these yep, three teams. I agree. I think you look at the names and you look on paper, LSU is probably still the third best team. But I think Kentucky ends up going in terms of these three teams, I think he, they go the least. The thing I also games. bring into consideration here is that Kentucky's in a spot every year. Tennessee has had a very, very good season reaching that number one mark multiple times. But when is the last time that someone said LSU in the NCAA tournament going deep into the NCAA tournament? It's been a while. Anthony Davis. Okay. Okay. So two times in two two times in the last ben Simmons was LSU. Oh, I thought that's what he's talking, talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I thought you were talking about that's what I'm talking about. My bad. Ben Simmons ben and Shaq. Simmons, but Those no are the one, only two no times. One, no one really Kentucky's talked about LSU right as a now. team. Hey, Glenn Big Baby Davis. Shut up. Just Shaq Jr. Just stop. Shaq Go Celtics. <laughs> anyway, I think LSU has a lot to play for right now and I I don't I don't think they're gonna, you know back down very easy. I think they're going to make a break. I'm intrigued to see if there's a potential rematch in the SEC tournament, too, because that's probably going to be likely. I just really like LSU's mix of youth and experience, right? Guys like Tremont Waters, guys like Cavell Bigby-Williams, and then you've got guys like Nazri and Reed, who uh, he might be a first round, he might be a top ten pick. Uh, you don't really know. I mean, so they they've got guys that are that are experienced, guys that have that sort of thing, and then they've got really young NBA type talent and guys like Nazrian Reed. So I think that that really helps LSU. And they, like I mean, Tremont Waters and Nazrian Reed make such a strong front court back court duo, right? Like you mentioned, Shaq. It's like a Penny Hardaway Shaq sort of scenario right where it's the right hard, hard pick and rolls inside outside action really really helps lsu play their game in a lot of ways so well about five minutes left um we could discuss uh, a little bit of bracketology here in our last few minutes of the show um 
I, I really I put this first because it, it does baffle me a little bit, and I, I'm sure Austin's going to have something to say about it, but I just do not understand how Joe Lenardi can say that the Big 12 is getting eight teams. I do not understand it. I yeah, don't think doesn't... they're I don't think they're good enough to have seven teams. I think they get I think they should get six. six. I think Texas is out. I think Oklahoma's out. Texas has to be out with the suspension of uh, Kerwin, Roach. Kerwin Roach. Yeah, they're screwed. I don't think that's even a contest anymore. Yeah, I think I don't think it'll stay at eight. Uh, I think it'll drop down to seven. I still think that OU could get in. They don't deserve to. Uh, yeah. Here's the problem: is that Oklahoma is going to lose two of their last three games of the regular season because they've got Kansas State and Kansas. True, but I can also see because they're going to end up with 13 I, losses. But the, th- the thing is, I can see Oklahoma. I can see Oklahoma winning a Big 12 tournament game, though. I, they uh, a game, but they're going to finish with 14 losses. 19 and 14 does not get you in. No, it yeah. shouldn't. Nineteen and fourteen and finishing. So that would put at it at six and twelve six. in the Big Twelve. Shouldn't get in with that. So yeah, that would put it at six then, wouldn't it? Um, three Big Ten teams is a five seed right now. That's another. Well, I mean, what what three is that? Is that Iowa, Wisconsin, Maryland? Really? Yeah. According to uh, what what side is All that? CBS? Five seeds? Huh? What side is that? CBS. CBS. That's what all I five seeds. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got yeah. So, so, so with it being eight teams right now, eighty percent of Purdue is the eighty percent of the right. Big Twelve, and then Michigan State, Michigan are probably two or three I, seeds. Two I don't, seeds. I don't think it'll stay uh, eight teams. But I mean, there were eight teams last year that made it from the Big Twelve. So I don't know. Yeah, but I just don't think this year's Big this year's Big Twelve is not. It's not as deep as last year. That's fair. And I think this year's Big Ten is much deeper than it was. But last year, yeah, yeah. But the Big Ten right now. According to Lenardi, only has seven, but that could change if, if, it, if, it could. if especially if the Big Twelve teams go out, then you replace them with. So here's the question: Who That's are the pro- bubble the teams is right that, now? That, yeah. the, the the issue that I think you run into there is you can only get eight from the Big Ten. Right. There's absolutely no way to go more than eight. The last four in right now are Seton Hall, Temple, Clemson, Utah State, and here's first four out: Minnesota. Uh, Butler, Big East team, Belmont, and St. Mary's. Those yeah, are, and, yeah. And Minnesota's so going to play against Purdue at home and then at Maryland to finish yeah. the season. So Maryland, Minnesota is really going to be got fighting. A tough road. That's Minnesota's be, got yeah. a really tough road. Yeah. So I think the Big Ten stays at seven. Yeah. That's just – that's very, very hard if – I mean, because this was – this was I don't a, agree with Kentucky being a one seed looking at this bracket right now. They're a one seed in the Midwest region. Maybe Lenardi thinks that they're going to beat can beat Tennessee, and maybe that pushes them if to they the do one beat, line. If they do beat Tennessee, they're on the one line. No question. And yeah. then, I mean, if you're Ohio State, they've still got an outside shot at an NCAA, but they have right. So they take on they took on Iowa tonight. They have Purdue on March second in West Lafayette at Northwestern, which is a team that they played last week and. Beat them pretty handily, beat them by 14, but that one was at home. This one's in Evanston. And then they close out the season at home against Wisconsin. So, I mean, that's three ranked teams in their final four games. They're a team, they're 17 and 10 right now. They're 7 and 9 in the Big Ten. So, I mean, you're going to have to, if you're Ohio State, you're going to have to win three of those four. And then maybe get one in the, in the Big Ten t- tournament. Maybe two. 
to really get yourself in. But I mean, Ohio State somehow has to get to twenty one wins. I think if you want to make if you want to make the NCAA tournament. Nothing I don't, don't like think is this will. Virginia number one seed either. Really? Why? I don't. I just don't. I can see them as a two seed. I don't see them being up at a one seed over. I actually put North Carolina as a one seed right now over Virginia. The problem is, you look at the loss column. I understand two losses for Virginia, five. I know, but then you got to look in strength of schedule, and I, I still, I still think that. I don't know. Or even Tennessee. Tennessee is a two seed with in Virginia's region as a one seed. I think you look at though strength of losses, and Virginia beat North Carolina head to head. It's true. North Carolina yeah, lost true. to Louisville. Yeah, that's true. Kentucky, yeah, Texas. True. Yeah, that Texas loss really, really hurts North Carolina. I don't know how Texas. Virginia is a lost nine to Duke seed. twice. How that's is it. Texas a nine seed? <laughs> that's kind of. Shocking that Texas is a nine. Yeah, seed. Texas will fall. Oklahoma being a ten out. makes sense, but Texas should not be a nine seed. Texas will State fall a six seed? very, very uh, quickly. I don't, I don't want to be on a CBS. They got them a four seed with Kansas. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna bracketology. Put I mean, my Lenardi's Homer, bracketology Homer has it. Iowa as a seven seed. CBS has them as a five. Yep. Uh, so it depends who, on what you look who at. Who does CP? Yeah. Who okay. does CBS's bracketology? Is it Jesse Palm? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it it just depends on what you look at then. Right. Okay, yeah. Okay, it's okay. just yeah. So, I mean... <coughs> the winner of a Power 5 and, conference, and, like, yeah. potentially, is a six seed. That's pretty tough. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> That's pretty rough. A very, very shallow Power Big 5 12 conference. Was, it yeah. is. The Big 12's not getting a lot of love this year, and I think that's... that's they really haven't deserved teams a lot of love this year. That are con- legit contenders. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. I... Both I Kansas would, and legit contenders for I might even say the Big Twelve. The yeah, Big Twelve. I mean that's it. That that's what I'm saying. I might it's say shallow. none of those teams are going far. In the I might tournament. say even two legit. I don't contenders. know. I could see Tech making a little run. I think Tech could make a run. I also think I I see, Iowa State's funny. Iowa State has the offense to make a Final Four, but the defense to lose in the first round. Yep. It depends <laughs> so on I who. Mean, it depends on who Tech draws. That's true. If Luck Tech draw. if Tech ends up a four or five seed, Tech right now plays UC Irvine as a three seed, Mississippi State as a six seed, and the two seed is North Carolina. I like that route for Tech. I like that route for Tech a lot, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and that's I think an elite eight run. Right if they there. if they lose if they finish the season on a loss to Iowa State and don't win the Big Twelve tournament, they drop to a four. That's when I think we have trouble if we're Texas Tech. The only one seed I would want to see is Gonzaga. And that's who they're I in right now in the West. this Iowa-Oklahoma matchup right out of the gates. Really? 7-10. Why? You were, we were just talking how bad uh, Oklahoma's going to be out, though. Yeah. Okay. More so likely. let's say out. Would, and then would that Iowa play North Carolina in the round of 32. Would that be a playing game? That Oklahoma? No. That wouldn't be a The 11 line is where the yeah. – oh, okay. I think the 12 okay. is where. Those are the games I hate is those – playing those – Playing teams because they're just coming off a win. Yeah. They got all the momentum. Those are the scariest teams to play in the first round. And that's uh, according to Lenardi. That's what Iowa State has. Iowa State is a, a according to Lenardi a five seed playing the winner of Utah State I, Seton Hall. How are they a five seed? That makes no sense. I don't. Know. That makes no sense to me at all. How do you get swept by TCU? Lose to Baylor? Lose to K State? That makes no sense. Oh well, you know I'm just let's just move on. Because they beat Kansas by seventeen, and got and lost to Kansas by seventeen. They lost to Kansas by four. Did they really? Yeah, eighty wow. to seventy six. I yeah. hate Iowa State. Jeez, <laughs> oh, <laughs> did they really? <laughs> oh. They also beat you by fourteen. 
yeah, in I, Manhattan. The thing that the the, the committee takes <laughs> so much that the, the committee takes so much uh, stock in is strength of wins and strength of losses. It's all about your resume, and so it's not necessarily about who's ranked where. What the final records are, it's strength of wins and strength of losses, and I think that's that's going to be the key to where that's that's why Kansas State's a six. And, and Iowa is still a seven seed. I do not understand it hey, whatsoever. It, it, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell what you. What do we got to do? What, what do we got? We got to win out. I don't know. I mean, like if a team, if if we see a team go ten and twenty. And all ten wins are against like top five opponents. They'll probably still get into the tournament. That's how much stock they put into strength of wins and strength of losses. Yep. Well, we're Let's a little get ready bit for some Northwest basketball. Yeah, we're a little bit over time. Um, that's going to do it for us, guys. Again, I'm Logan Weber with Austin McNorton and Tucker Quinn, Ryan Elliott, our station manager, in the booth with us this week as well. Coming up next, we have Bearcat basketball. It's senior night. Northwest women start play at 5.30. 